Welcome to the DevReady Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, we're joined by Lee Eggins. Uh, Lee is founder of the Million Dollar Business Club. Now, Lee and I go a little bit of back. We're back. We've got some history in terms of I've been engaged with Lee and working with Lee through the Million Dollar Business Club and being part of that experience. And um, today, I wanted to just share a different take of what life and business could be about. Um, Lee's exposed me to a number of things. Uh, some eccentric uh, meditation, for example, has been one of the things high on a, a business club's um, agenda, which you wouldn't expect. So I, I, I find the, the thinking um, and also the different take and perspectives from being involved in the club um, has had a, a big impact on me. And I wanted to just share a bit of the experience, but also look into what, how we might reimagine the way we work and the way we live, for example. Um, so today may not be about tech, um, it may not be focused on that, but I'll be looking at just a bit more of a deep dive into what business might really mean to people and how you might go about doing that evolving through business. Lee, thanks for joining us, mate. Thank you, Andrew. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, mate. Yeah, definitely. And um, obviously, we have known each other for a little while now. Um, yeah. But I will just for our audience, um, love for you to share your experience, uh, your background and history as to where you are today and what you've done in the past. Okay, starting from now. Starting from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So a uh, country boy, grew up on the land on a farm, mostly cattle. Um, we had debosha. You ever heard of anything like Debosha? No idea, buddy. Okay, Shit. it's a tree, a tree, a tree that gets cut up and used for um, eye drops and operating drugs. So okay. we would export yep. that to Germany and Japan. Mm -hmm. um, whoever would give us the most money for the weight. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so that was my upbringing. Um, yeah. Went to about grade ten. Well, mm -hmm. about grade ten. I did finish at yeah. the end of grade ten, mm -hmm. and then found myself in business. Mm. Uh, now I understand a lot more about why I look back and see that a lot of the people before me were entrepreneurs yeah. and business owners. Um, yeah, so in, in business, um, varied success in business, up and down, round and round, made, lost, raised and invested millions of dollars uh, in business. And I was looking for a bit more consistency and so went to courses and stuff like that uh, to try and understand more of who I am and how I can perform better in the world. Mm. And in that process discovered a range of questions that enabled me to understand that I was meant to be a coach. Uh, so I decided to get, get a coach. I thought it was important. It's a good, good place to start, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I better get one. That's right. Got one. And um, in that process, it was confirmed, yes, you're absolutely a coach. And so took the risk and started a coaching business. Um, yeah, that was about so, seven years ago. What does it mean to be a coach? Let's frame that for people. Yeah, it's really interesting because when I first yeah. discovered the answer to those questions, mm. which was, oh, I'm going to be one of them. Seriously, that was the thoughts that came to me. Oh, I'm going to be one of them. I didn't have mm. a very good association with coaches because the coach, the only business coach I knew was running one of my mates up and around the hills and stuff trying to beat stuff out of him. And I was like, what? I'm going to be one of them. Anyway, and the second thought that came to me was, I can do it different and better. Mm. And so what does it mean to me to be a coach? I think this came to me from another coach that I didn't really see. Um, I didn't really understand their way of approaching it. Mm -hmm. But what I loved was that he said, um, coaches were created to find blind spots. And I was like, oh, wow, cool. And another great coach said, um, you clients will hide in your, in your shadows. So you've got to be willing to go everywhere. So when I put those two pieces together, I was like, Oh, so it's all about the blind spots mm -hmm. and it's about the willingness to go to the places that others won't go, uh, to ensure that your clients don't hide in your darks or in your shadows. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can be the most value to them through not only showing them the blind spots, but having the manner to share that blind spot with them in such a way that's not embarrassing because quite often blind spots are right there. And yes. when you pull away the veil, mm. they're like, oh, it's, it, and that nearly happens nearly every time. In fact, mm -hmm. it probably happened in the time that you and I've worked together where I was 
showing you something and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, now I have to tiptoe around this way just to share exactly what we're seeing in a way that is palatable. Yeah. yeah. And it's different perspectives, right? So I think just having someone there that's asking questions around how you're being in, in, in a certain space or what's sort of holding you back. And I think what I found... I've had coaches as well for a number of years myself, and what I found is they just ask great questions um, and give you a different way of thinking and reframe the way you're thinking. I think we can get a little bit lost in our own and get in our own way. Um, mm-hmm. So f- for me, that's probably been the biggest takeaway of working with coaches. Um, yeah, cool. The, the, the difference I've seen that you work in is more of that, yes, you do strategy, but you look at the person themselves, not just the strategy. So that's something I've noticed. So what take okay. what takes you there? Okay. Uh, well, another great coach or mentor said to me, um, everything of value that happens in business happens between people. And so I know that we have AI, et cetera, now, so that changes that equation a little bit. But it's always a person running the business. And so a lot of people try to separate mm. business and personal. It's a common thing that people talk about and I don't actually understand it because mm. at the end of the day it is a person running the business and if the person's not in a um, performing at their best then the business mm-hmm. won't be performing at their best uh, so I actually overnight realized the term which is about being business fit um, mm-hmm. you know so I know many successful leaders that aren't exercising mm-hmm. aren't reading books aren't meditating aren't doing anything, you know, of these sorts of things that I uh, prioritize. And they're doing quite well, but they're not fulfilled and they're lacking in time. And I realize that they're not completely business fit. They could be business, much more business fit by working on some of those things that benefit Mm -hmm. the person that will Mm -hmm. then benefit their business. I think as I reflect on the business journey, being in business what is it, 13 years now, um, okay. and it feels like a lifetime, it's just been business is what I've, what I've done. Um, but if I reflect on the person who started in business, it's a very different person than the person who I am today. Um, yeah. And we always are growing and evolving. And I, sure. one, th- one thing I've noticed is we'll get challenges thrown at us and when in business, um, we want bigger and better challenges. But then we can fear can get in the way. Challenge the unknown can get in the way. Um, how do we continue to drive in those spaces to to get out of our own way? Really, I think sometimes when we're reflecting or making a decision, anyone sort of listening out there, you might be in the middle of about to push and jump into something new. Um, want to invest in an idea in a business? You're looking to change, evolve. We can get in our own way. Um, what sort of gets in our own way generally I find is the thought and head. Um, it's it's the those thoughts that we have that we ha- we don't know this area. It's not comfortable, so let's just avoid it. Um, what I found is that's where the magic really happens. <laughs> it's in those places that are uncomfortable. It's about stepping into them, and then you realise that they're probably not as bad as one thought. So um, when we're in that mold and that thinking of comfort, do you recommend that we, what do you recommend in that space? Do we educate ourselves? Do we challenge ourselves? What can we do? Um, mentorship is one thing. Leaning on coaches is another. But what are some of the things we can put in play just to get out of our comfort zone? Because I feel like that holds us back as people. Even our team, I feel like people within our team are growing, evolving, but then there's a wall, there's a blockage. Mm. So what can we do to release that is probably one of my biggest questions. Great question. Um, I don't think there's one question, one answer for any of this, right? I think based on your question, um, the best thing that comes to me is awareness and acknowledgement is first first thing, right? If we have awareness and acknowledgement of the fact that we are getting in our own way or that we are limiting ourselves or that we're not being as courageous as we could be or that we're seeing other people around us do things that we would hope we could do but we don't seem to get done, we're halfway there just by that awareness. And then some might say, well, how do I get this awareness? Because I don't really have that awareness right now. You know, well, that's another story, right? We go back to, okay, how do we create self-awareness? Because when we have self-awareness, then we can be more present to what's really going on and then see a clearer path 
to resolve the challenge or to make use of the opportunity. Um, so I think awareness and acknowledgement is definitely first uh, of where we're at and then getting clarity about where we want to go because, you know, mm-hmm. where does a ship without a rudder end up? Mm. It ends up on the rocks. It could end up yeah. anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, but if we know where we want to go mm-hmm. and we know where we are and then, or better said in the other way, if we know where we are and know where we want to go, then we can start to assess what's the next step towards our goal. If we don't know where the goal is, we won't know what the next step is towards our goal. Um, some of the techniques that we use for self-awareness, because it's becoming quite obvious from this response that we need to improve that first of all, right? Um, my, in my best awareness from many, many years of studying this stuff is that meditation is a big player mm-hmm. in improving our self-awareness, strengthening our focus, does um, many other things, heals our body, creates coherence in our brain, between mm-hmm. our brain and our heart as well. Heart intelligence is another level of discussion we can probably have. Today. Yeah, obviously, um, on that front, awareness is big. Mm. The the heart intelligence, let's dig in a bit on that because I'd um, love to understand some of the things that you do in that space and some of the, the strategy that you lean on there. Okay, cool. So let's start here then. Um, let's pick a name. Harry? We'll talk about Harry in business. Let's say Harry was, uh, he was in business and we might say, Harry had a great year last year, mm-hmm. didn't have such a good year the year before. And the response might be, well, why did, why did that happen? Mm-hmm. And uh, the answer might be, his heart wasn't in it. Yeah, okay. His heart wasn't in it. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And someone didn't have the heart to tell him. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it. So heart is all through our language. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it's because no matter the religion, no matter the culture, we understand that the, ho- the heart is a really important part of our physiology. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't recognize, however, they might use the language and say his heart wasn't in it, but they don't really recognize that the heart has, is like a neural center. It's, it's actually a, a center for intelligence. And so it's like a, like a type of brain and it has different senses to what our um, conventional brain does. And so it picks up different, different things. And so, yeah, so we work in the heart space as well. Um, if you try and type in heart set, you know, you can type in mindset to anywhere, mm-hmm. but you type in heart set, you'll get a big red line under it saying it's not a word. It's not a word in my context. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. So heart is everywhere in our language, but heart set is not. Um, when we understand mindset, Mm-hmm. Well, we talk about heart set as well. And so having your heart heart and mind or heart and brain working in coherence or collaboration together, that accesses another level of intelligence. Um, we know from the Heart Math Institute that they, they've simplified it. They've just said, look, you're really either, either in one of two emotions. You're either in appreciation, which is a high positive vibe, mm-hmm. um, or frustration, which is a negative lower vibe. And what we know is when we're in frustration, mm-hmm. we have lower coherence. It affects our HRV. We won't go too tech on that, but that's heart rate variation. Um, and so that's how they detect it. And when we're in that place, we're actually at a much lower level of intelligence because we're not accessing the intelligence of the heart. Um, some say, some cultures say the heart is connected to a higher level of intelligence or guidance. Follow your heart. You've heard that before as well. Um, yeah, but there's things we all hear, right? So yeah, what do they really right. mean? Yeah, follow your heart. Is, is your heart in it? Um, yeah. yeah. That's definitely some things that come up when we, um, yeah. Yeah, within common culture and common language, yeah. right? Mm. Hand on heart. I'll tell you mm-hmm. hand on heart, right? Mm-hmm. There's many of them, many, many, many. Mm-hmm. Um, so where were we? The, we're, talking, we're talking about heart math and the coherence and then yeah, yeah, what yeah. that might so, mean um, in terms of yeah. how we sort of connect. Oh, um, I think I lost you for a second just, there. You just froze yeah. for a second. Yeah, as did you, I think, but that's all right. <laughs> we'll clear it up. Oh, good. Um, we're still here. Yeah, we're still here. So connecting mind, heart or heart and mind um, mm. together and building coherence. I think... And it's clear, clear, right? If you're in frustration, generally, you don't make great decisions. If we're in a place mm. of, um, I think, 
if you want to draw any comparisons, you might be in a relaxed, comfortable place. That's generally where you might feel when you get into more mm. of a, a coherence. Or if you're in a sort of anxious, I find anxious or nervous or thinking about all, the, all everything that's going on around you, um, that's when you might be in that, that lack of coherence. That's what I've noticed anyway. Yeah, and it, it's not only thinking about things that are happening around you, it's thinking mm. about uh, ruminating about the past or mm-hmm. concerning yourself with the future. Mm-hmm. Um, all of yep. these things take us into a frustrated or low mm-hmm. vibration state. And mm-hmm. a really nice summary, and if anyone wants to write it down and remember it and put it on a post-it, stick it up in front of you, is when stress goes up, intelligence goes down. Mm-hmm. And the opposite is true. It's very simple and it's very helpful. So when stress goes down, intelligence goes up. And that's because our coherence is increased and improved. Mm-hmm. The heart bridge, which is a very real connection between the brain and the heart, that is um, activated and people ac- access a new or another level of intelligence, which takes, like anything, takes practice and training to mm-hmm. enhance. Yeah, so on that note, the starting place to get any awareness I, does it have to be meditation for people out there that um, feel like that is too out there too full on for them um, what, what else might help build awareness in somebody because I feel if we're on autopilot and we can get sucked into autopilot in certain day to day and all you might look three years have gone by um, and mm. nothing's really changed <laughs> <laughs> call that autopilot um, and you're not in a, in a place that's um, serving you your business or whatever you're looking to achieve um, how do you get out of that? Is it stepping back? Is it taking time off? What's the first thing you might do to just get out of that place um, where you're not really pro- making any progress? Okay. So there's a saying, if you're not creating the program, you're in the program. And the mm-hmm. reason I mentioned that first is because quite often you won't even be aware enough mm-hmm. if you're in the program to make a change to be even realize that there is a problem going on, right? So again, we're back to self-awareness. Yes. Um, so what, what, can we, but what can we do? Have you heard the, another saying, take a breath, right? <laughs> when someone's frustrated <laughs> or stressed out and you're saying, you know, well, what can they do to get out of there? Um, take a breath. That's the first thing. If you can be present enough to take a breath, well, if you can be present enough firstly to the fact that your body's not feeling awesome. I always say feeling less than amazing because I like to talk positive. Mm-hmm. I like to, you know, all my energy is about positivity uh, because, well, for many reasons. One, I like feeling good, but second, I like being in coherence and I like accessing as much intelligence as I can. Um, but if you have the self-awareness to know that you're feeling less than amazing, mm-hmm. then you can have the self-awareness or the presence to take a breath, right? <laughs> take a breath. And if you've done that, you are much further ahead than most people who are in Mm -hmm. business, who are on their back foot, you know, just a part of the program. They're not creating the program. They're in the program. It's it's happening. And it seems like it's happening to them, Mm -hmm. but it's actually happening through them. And yeah. And so with that awareness, they can then start to put the pieces together and go, well, hang on, if I just Mm -hmm. take a breath. What will they do in that moment? Two things. Number one, they'll uh, tell their brain and body that they are safe. And two, they'll be present to their actual state in that moment. So safety is really, really important. This, I mean, Andrew, you and I, mate, we can go down mm-hmm. a rabbit warren here, right? Like, Yeah, definitely. So, there's, <laughs> yeah, a there's, there's a bit of a rabbit yeah. warren there. But we <laughs> do want to simplify it for listeners course, as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it is... It is simple to understand. Um, there are some nuances that can be interesting and sometimes to the person who's not as interested, that can be a bit complex. However, they are interesting. I mean, I know you find them interesting. Yeah, um, I, enjoy, I enjoy the conversation because it, it, it is, a, like you said, it's, it's jumping down <laughs> into the, uh, the, rabbit, the rabbit hole. Rabbit hole um, and mm. basically, it just... It's it's it's. I find it. It just continues to open up. And I, when you say program, I, I sort of see that as just people might get more context around a habit. So just we have habits yeah. that we follow, um, yeah, and that we it. don't consciously choose to follow. So we're just 
embedded in. So someone that goes to the gym five times a week and has been doing it for five years has to go to the gym because their body wants them to, it drives them to the gym, gets mm. them there. They don't even think about it, so it's automatic habit. So that would be a programming context. So mm. um, just having awareness as to what you're doing on a day-to-day is probably important. I think just um, getting some grip on where you spend your time might be a bit of an idea for people to look at as well. Mm. Yeah, there's so so much in what you've just said. So, I mean, most of what we do on a day-to-day basis is related to association and repetition. So, yeah, yeah, with no Pavlov's dog, right? Ring the bell, the dog starts salivating. What's the same? You see a certain thing at a certain time of day in your life. That association creates a reaction Mm -hmm. and you respond accordingly, which is usually unconsciously, which is in the program. Um, if you've done that repetitively and generally a new habit is over 30 days, well, then that's what's going to happen. That's yeah. just going to be in the program. Um, you can be present to the program and create a new program. Um, you can still be in the program while being present to it. Um, but a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are unconscious to what's actually going on. They'll say that they're conscious and they think they're conscious, but they're not actually privy to what's happening and I, I have to be honest either am I completely to what associations are triggering what in me at any one time um, I can't say oh that was triggered by that or yeah. you know um, I will say though through years of practice and work I've become present to be close to 99% of my thoughts um, I'm not just ruminating or just sitting there and letting stuff flow I'm I'm aware of what's going on and I'm actually constructing most of it Constructing most of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I find that fascinating. Deciding the program. Yeah, so the program. just, just um, and putting those thoughts in there. So it is something that um, if you haven't explored before, um, it's probably a bit overwhelming for anyone listening, but um, it's definitely something that... I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it can be. So we're having a conversation yeah, around how we think, how we um, make decisions, our habits, and how they... they they're somewhat automatic, really, um, and they become automatic over time, right? So um, it's just important, like you said, to build awareness. Um, and I, th- I think breathing is a great tip. It's about just reflecting, slowing down, focusing on breathing just for a minute or two it can make a big difference to get you out of your thoughts um, and your patterns that aren't really serving you. So, um, yeah, some great takeaways for people to just have a bit of a think about in that context. So thanks for sharing a bit of that. My pleasure. Look, I, we... For the people who want a little bit more, because there's always different listeners, right? Yeah. Um, Take a breath is great, and it's a great start. And for many, that'll be a big deal, just Mm -hmm. the fact that they're aware of their breath or the fact that they felt less than awesome and were able to take a breath. That's a win. Mm -hmm. The day that happens for those people, it is a win, (laughs) and I remember that time. Um, um, But then there is other more advanced processes that um, I've created through years and years of research, and I don't use it with everybody, but it is something for the people who are ready. And I think, Andrew... I don't think I've shared this with you, but I'll share it with oh, you today. Oh, let's have a chat. Yeah, why not? And it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, called Smile, Posture, Breathe, Thank, Trust, Receive. And it, sound, and it rhymes, which is kind of cool, so you can remember it. But if you're present enough to smile, <laughs> yeah. you're present. Mm. Number two, when you smile, it turns on your cells and actually makes you feel happier. So they've proven that by putting a rubber band with, um, with paper clips holding someone's face in the shape of a smile and it actually causes reactions within the body which are related to happiness (laughs) yeah well i you know i I operate in a Uh world that had conventionally be called called a bit woo-woo so i have to i have to um cite science as often as Mm. possible um so smiling yeah so that's you know so we know that just by smiling you're actually going to change everything in your body you're actually creating the program just by smiling consciously uh so smile posture we know posture, when people are slumped, we know that they're going to feel unhappy. But we also know when they're unhappy, they'll slump. So why don't we use that? So there's postures. And there's actually postures that you can use, such as Superman, um, sorry, Wonder Woman. Most of the men won't want to do that one, stand up with their hands on their hips. Um, but you can, the winning pose, here's another bit of science. Um, if you want to look up Anne Cuddy. Um, body language on YouTube, she, she talks about um, how even deaf, sorry, deaf and blind people, when they win, they'll put their hands above their head like this, you know, in this okay, posture. So in that sort of posture. Yeah, in okay. that posture, yeah, which is a winning posture. And what it's proven to do is lower, um, <laughs> I had a block on the stress hormone, 
um, yeah, lower that and increase confidence, right? Just by putting their hands above their head. So you can do that at any time. And I've actually, I helped a guy win a contract for many um, shopping centers, actually. He, before he went in, he did this posture. He did the smile, posture, breathe, thank, trust, receive before he went in. And um, he came back to me and told me that he felt that was largely responsible for the result he got. But posture, so smile, posture, breathe. We've talked about breathing. Smile, posture, breathe. So we know if we change our smile or consciously, that's going to have an effect. If we change our posture, that's going to have an effect. If we breathe, we know that's going to have an effect. Thank is appreciation. We know we're going to be in a positive state and we're looking for what we can thank about. So you might look around you and say, what can I thank about? And for working with leaders for many years, Andrew, I'll tell you that some of them will say to me, oh, um, so what do, I, what do I appreciate? What should I appreciate? And it's like, man, if you're washing your hands, appreciate there's water and that your digits work. <laughs> right? You have digits, right? Yeah. Because some people don't have water and some people don't have digits. So, <laughs> so if you're washing your hands, something as simple as that, you've already got something to appreciate. So okay. smile, posture, breathe, thank, which is appreciation. Mm-hmm. Trust. Tell me an entrepreneur who's created any level of success without believing they could do it, right? They had to have trust in, they had to believe in a, in a bigger possibility. So mm-hmm. trust is, um, is the fifth one. And then receive. Receiving is a skill. People think, a lot of people, including myself for many, many years, thought, oh, if only I get to this level and then I'll be happy, right? And it's like, if only I achieve this and then I'll be happy. And what I wasn't doing was receiving what was already here. Mm. And so as I incrementally improved or changed my journey, I was able to receive more because I'd practiced receiving what was here. But if you don't practice receiving what's here, you won't actually ever be able to receive what you're planning to achieve because you haven't learnt to receive. From the receive side, just to dig in a little bit on that, is that just appreciation for what you already have? Because um, mm. I'm, I'm sure we've... Uh, we, Anyone's general listening to this may be coming out of um, uh, Australia. <laughs> That's where it's marketed. It, it can trap into other countries, but yeah, okay. um, we're, in a, we're in a pretty lucky country um, where Definitely. we are, um, where we have access to anything and everything we need. Um, totally. We live in one of the most amazing times that um, we can have this conversation. Uh, we're sitting so in different cool. states. Um, we can record it in high definition um, and then share it out to the world. Um, this could not happen 10, 15 years ago. It just wasn't possible to do this. Um, yeah, I think you're just looking at the little little wins and appreciating those is that a mm. context of receiving what's around us or is it a little bit different yeah it is um, another saying i have lots of quotes and sayings um so forgive me there will be a few um <laughs> when you love what you have you will have what you love so yeah when you begin to love what you have which is appreciate what you have that means you're actually receiving it you're not resisting it you're generally either mm-hmm. receiving life or resisting life you're receiving it so that's a skill And Mm -hmm. as you improve your ability to receive, your capacity to receive, then you will receive more. And that's where we start to get into the subconscious beliefs that Mm -hmm. are preventing that, for very good reasons, by the way. Mm -hmm. They they, want to keep you safe. Um, You know, a lot of people mark mark those subconscious limiting beliefs as negative behaviors or negative things. Yeah, okay, in, in this moment, they might be a negative, they might have a negative outcome. But at the time it was created, it was very much about safety and creating safety for the person involved. So, yes, so those limiting beliefs can inhibit people's ability to receive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why consciously and subconsciously we practice receiving, which then kind of leads us back to meditation again because meditation, we can access the subconscious. And I don't think I answered that properly for you before either, Andrew. Some people go, hey, this meditation thing, it seems, you know, out there, there's so yeah. many types of meditation as well. And some people will say, well, I meditate, you know, I'm walking when I meditate or I'm surfing. Cool, me too, I'm a surfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it's very meditative. Mm-hmm. Am I accessing my subconscious and affecting the program? No, not consciously. Whereas... Mm-hmm. When I sit down and understand my brain waves and bring my brain waves down to an alpha frequency or a theta frequency, then I'm opening the door to the subconscious. I can make changes. I can 
you know, I can access it and make changes, which um, is the benefit of going to that deeper level of meditation in a quiet space mm-hmm. on a regular, uh, you know, on a regular schedule. Um, so that's the difference. It depends what you want out, right? Um, yeah. I think um, there's plenty There's plenty there. We can talk for hours on it. Um, yeah. But I'm going to change the topic a little bit. Um, Go for it. One of the things that when people out there that are in business, looking to be in business, build some technology, innovate, disrupt, there's a key word to the thrown out. Um, mm. we're, in a, we're in a society where we're basically trained to work as much as you humanly can, um, <laughs> dig in, work 80 hours a week and wear that badge of honour. Um, mm. Now, when it's talking about reimagining life and business, um, yeah. Why do you think that is? Is it is it a program? Um, is it something that just has been passed down? What we need to do? Why do you think that is in terms of business when we jump into it? So working for ourselves, yeah. generally people perceive as working harder, um, putting in all the hours. I work for myself, so I've got to work even harder than everybody else does. So what does that mean, and why do we get there? Okay, so. I'm very cautious about making absolutes. Did I, oh, I share my that. yeah. No, get no, no. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just sharing yeah. my opinion, and in my opinion, um, from my understanding and research over many, many years, I believe that whatever we learnt to survive up to the age of five years of five years old will generally play out as a pattern in our life until we become conscious enough or aware enough or something happens to us that shocks mm-hmm. us to change the program or the way that we approach things. So up until five years old, most business leaders today mm-hmm. who are probably you know between 35 and 55, that kind mm-hmm. of age, could be younger, could be slightly older, mm-hmm. but in that age group, when, that, when they were five, that's let's say 25 to 50 years ago, their parents, and I'm pretty sure everybody's got parents, right? (laughs) 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 Pretty sure they do. So we can make that absolute. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, we can use that as an absolute. There we go. So everybody has parents as far as I'm aware. Um, Their parents were in in a different paradigm. They were in a different age. And so they looked at life and business through different eyes. So would you agree with me that it has changed a lot in the last 30 to 50 years, business? And, uh, and life? Yeah, we've evolved, evolved into more of a technology evolution. Um, yeah. So yes, it has evolved and changed um, and it's changed yet again. So being through what's happened last year has impacted the way we work once again. Um, I think we've been drawn more into technology and sucked into it even more. Um, yeah, so everyone, a lot more people are working from home, staring at screens all day, where we might um, have, a, have a face-to-face one-on-one meeting. That's sort of changed to flicking between one meeting to the next, and it's quite easy to do. So it has changed significantly and continues yeah. to. Yeah. So if it's changed, doesn't that highlight the fact that our parents instilled us with beliefs, consciously and unconsciously, they didn't consciously plan to give us some of the beliefs that have inhibited us, um, but they gave us a set of beliefs which were appropriate for that time. I would because say that, time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And because time's changed so much and because we have access to so much more technology, also people, people and systems, I mean, in business, people and systems are pretty well the big things that mm-hmm. you need access to, right? You want better systems and you want awesome people. Yeah, and correct. These days you can access more people more easily. I mean, ourselves, we've got team in Cambodia, Philippines, WA, mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, so you can access more people and you can access better systems. But yet a lot of leaders are still operating on brain, uh, sorry, um, belief systems that were formed in a time before all of that was possible. Mm. So if their parents usually a dad figure at that time time, was working crazy hours it'll be just natural that they'll grow up and want to do the same even if they have access to people and technology Mm -hmm. that can ensure 
that they can be as well much more productive than their father in much less time it's not about that it's not actually about creating the success it's about being busy and that's <laughs> addicted to being busy right yeah. yeah addicted to being busy biochemically right in their system mm-hmm. they're, they're actually addicted yeah. to it but but it was because the beliefs were formed originally to sh- in my humble opinion they were um, formed originally to support that outcome however we've evolved so quickly with technology etc that they do have new choices it's just that they may not have been aware enough there we are back at get back at that word again maybe they weren't aware enough to look around and go oh hang on i don't need to be working this many hours to get the outcomes that i'm looking for i can do this in much less time except i'd have to give up that addiction (laughs) (laughs) and going back to the thing you said um, to get the outcomes that i I want uh, yeah we need to know what they are um yeah we can be busy just being busy uh, and not having a trajectory or a path and sometimes we're working on the uh the urgent things that aren't very important that pop in our inbox and um, not focusing on those important things that aren't really urgent at all but will take us from where we are now and leap us three years ahead or in the right trajectory and direction. I think um, that's an awareness that um, I found is, is extremely important because, um, yeah, the more we do and get sucked into the day-to-day, it consumes us. Um, and there's always something that's going to get thrown at us and we react to the situation. Uh, it will, yeah, consume you. It will move you away from the work you could be doing to evolve the way you're operating. Um, that's some of the big things that I've seen in terms of the way um, I operate and then encourage team to operate because it's, yeah, day-to-day emails, customer demands. It's, <laughs> I, I don't know what the saying is, but yeah, that sort of, the loudest customer generally gets all the attention. Mm, um, squeaky wheel gets yeah, gets all, yeah, and yeah, that's the, uh, yeah, so, and it's, it's, something that we're sort of ingrained to do um and it's interesting to not do that and train yourself not to because you can get sucked in and it's something that i find a little bit challenging at times but just having that awareness there's no oh, i'm back in here that's important mm, yeah. yeah awareness back yeah. there again yeah i love it yeah. so if we imagine let's let's just create some contrast if we imagine a business yeah. leader and and some of the listeners may resonate completely with this um not exercising maybe not sleeping as well as hoped and maybe don't even know why or why not that why they're not sleeping well um not don't have any mindful practice you know something that mm-hmm. brings awareness or increases self-awareness um maybe not even getting some sun on their body maybe drinking average water maybe not even eating very well yep well if we do the exact opposite and compare the mm. lives and businesses of those two, it becomes quite stark, mm. the difference, right? If we then have a business leader who's exercising, mm-hmm. knows why and how to control their sleep patterns, mm-hmm. uh, is eating healthily, drinking um, clean water, possibly alkalized. Not that I'm promoting that. I'm not. It's just <laughs> that I do. But <laughs> uh, getting some sunlight. Uh-huh. Has a mindful practice, mindfulness mm-hmm. practice. Might even have learned about how to increase heart coherence. And we put those two people against each other. We're not necessarily saying, oh, this guy's going to be a better business person. What we're saying is this person's going to enjoy their experience a whole lot more. And yes, they will be productive, more productive. Mm-hmm. And yes, they will be more purposeful. Mm-hmm. They'll actually be clearer on what they're doing and why, not just being busy. And this same person that we're talking about has actually also just begun to investigate their beliefs, not making them wrong or right, just questioning them, just checking. Oh, does this belief serve me? Does this belief not? And so a saying that we have around that is beliefs are useful until they're not, right? They were useful to protect you and keep you safe. And then one day they're not. You know, all of a sudden you're like, no, I don't want that belief anymore. It got me to here, which was wonderful. But uh, now I'm ready to go to the next level of enjoyment of my experience of life and business. Um, I'll let that one go. 
And I make it sound so simple, like I'll just let that one go. Um, well, it is yeah, using some easy, techniques. It? <laughs> it's not yeah. as easy as some would hope. And, uh-huh. that, and we should, if you'd like, we could just touch on a couple of ways beliefs have changed. You generally through a shock. That's one that you don't control. So it could be a death of a loved one. It could mm-hmm. be a car accident. It could be something that just jolts you. It could be a shock, uh, a robbery even, right? Someone just appears in your reality and you're not ready for it. That it's would definitely change. Right? Yeah, that'll fire off new neural pathways, which will create a shock, which will create a change in belief systems. Mm. So that one you can't control. Another way is repetition. So you can say things, as long as you say them with feeling, if you just say them, Sam, Sam, you will create new neural pathways, but you do need to access the um, other parts of the brain through feeling um, mm. and your heart as well. Put your heart mm. in it as well. Um, so repetition is another great way to change beliefs. Um, meditation, definitely. We've talked a little bit about that. It's a great way to access beliefs. And then there's a whole gamut of um, techniques such as hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, we use EFT or tapping. You know, there's a whole range. Yeah, I find that fascinating um, how you might, if anyone hasn't heard of TFT, go check it out. But uh, um, Tapping your body in certain places can release uh, EFT. Energy. I know. Sorry, I, I know you knew what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. EFT. EFT. Um, emotional yes. freedom technique. Yeah, I knew That's what it. I meant. Um, yeah. Yeah. I find it fascinating how and the the shift in energy when you go through that process. So yeah, check it out. It's definitely something. Um, it's worth trying when you're in a definitely in a not so well. Like the thing you've really said here. And I think everyone can draw. Um, there is the billionaire that exists that is overweight, unhealthy, yeah, eats crap, for sure. and that's. Yeah. But the, it's not about that. I think that the key thing, the message I got from this is enjoy their experience more when they're in it mm. today. Mm. Um, I think yes, we can be one hundred percent business oriented, working eighteen hours a day. Is that healthy, sustainable? Um, is that where we want to be as a human being? That's a question that some people may think that's that's perfect for them, and that's 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 great for them if they believe that that's perfect. But enjoy experience more is one of the things I got from that. Um, it's not success is not about a dollar figure in a bank account. It's about um, how happy you are in the experience, the impact you're having, um, how you're helping your community, your team evolve, grow, your customers, uh, family. There's a whole lot in that. So that's what I, I got out of that whole component there because people say oh there is the opposite end that's successful but it depends what you measure success on and that's probably one of the key takeaways i got from that really oh okay cool no that's good um you know and there's a saying that um some people spend the first half of their life making their money and the second half of their life spending their money to regain their health right (laughs) Uh, and so um, yeah it's it's great that you get that i I think um Mm -hmm. and it was something that you said about the you know, the doing the long hours, let's just again, highlight the point that you don't need to do the hours to get the success. They think they need to do the hours to get the success. It's just that they were given a work ethic from a previous generation. Mm-hmm. They could use their creativity and work less hours mm-hmm. to have the success plus an enjoyment, enjoyable experience. Um, something that, something that we like in the club is, uh, in, go from having this or this to having this and this, right? It's like, oh, well, can I have a successful business or can I have a fulfillment and happy, healthy mm-hmm. lifestyle? And yep. well, I'm proud to say, well, we'll assist you to have both. Um, <laughs> one of, yeah. Well, one of the things that I find people might say, that's, that's garbage, Lee. I don't believe that's possible. But Okay. One of your techniques that I find that's quite intriguing, I'd love you to share the possible, mm. probable um, process that you go oh, down yeah. and it just opens up awareness for people to think differently because I think when we're doing things and evolving things um, and we've been doing it for so long, it, it's like that's never going to, not possible. Um, so there's, a, there's something you take um, people through. What do you do there to just open up the possibility? Uh, I'd love you to share that as well. All right. And it's yeah. cool to hear that that, um, yeah. that resonated for you, that process. Mm. Yeah, because um, we used the other day. It's becomes um, something you can really. It's it's understandable for anyone that's yeah. It's stuck in doing things the way they've always done and looking okay. to evolve. Um, yeah, if they're they're looking to evolve, I think this is a great place to start. Okay, cool. Well, why don't we talk about that? So I call mm-hmm. it possibilities and evidence. It, I actually created mm-hmm. this um, process. 
And so possibilities and evidence starts with possibility. It's like, okay, so you're in an experience, you're having a particular experience and you might be aware that you're having the experience. You may not be, but you're aware enough to say, I want it, I want something different, right? And you might've noticed, you may not have noticed, but you might've noticed that you have a familiar feeling around certain experiences in your life and you want it, you want it to be different and say, okay. So what I ask is as a coach, and it's great to have someone outside of you asking those questions, it's beneficial. Um, and that is, is it possible that there's someone in your industry in Australia possibly, or even in the world if the person, if the person's a bit like, ah, oh, nuts, nah, I can't find anybody in Australia, you know, da, 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 like yeah. staff or whatever. Okay, <laughs> is it possible that there's someone in your industry in the world that is accessing the type of stuff that you'd like to access and is having a feeling of fulfillment in their experience? And so, well, the end result is it's got to be possible, right? Yeah. It's, it's got to be possible. And I call it cracking the door of possibility. And, I, and that's so exciting for me because someone has a locked in cage of beliefs. This is how it works in my industry. This is why it's difficult to find people, blah, 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 blah. whatever it is. Everyone has a different one. Um, there are some common ones throughout business and throughout different industries. Um, but we Builders want to crack the door on you. Difficult to find this good stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's good that you repeat that. Yes. It's good that you repeat that because that's what people, they're like, yeah, I've heard that before, yes. right? Yeah, I've right, uh, said that before, right? So, and yeah. In fact, I've, they've yeah. probably say I've said that before too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, so cracking the door of possibility on a new, new outcome or a new experience that is contrary to the belief or the saying that's industry specific even, um, is really exciting because all of a sudden they're opening their mind, literally opening their mind to a new possibility. So that's the first stage is possibility. Is it possible? And, you know, if they say, yes, there is someone in the world, well, okay, is it possible that there's someone in Australia that is having the experience that you desire? And they're like, mm, yeah, it's possible. Okay. Is it possible that there's someone like that in your city? They're like, oh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Okay, cool. So we've, we've opened the door a bit further. And then we go to probable, which is the second stage. And I say, is it probable that there's someone in the world that's having that experience that you desire? And the answer is, if we start at world, in your industry, possibly even the same age. And I start to add these little pieces in, right? So they like start to identify with, oh, Someone the same age as me in the same industry with a different belief. Oh, okay. Is, yeah. is that, and then we go to probable and they're like, yeah, it's probable. Okay. So then that makes it possible for you. Right. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. If someone else is having that experience. <laughs> yes. We can replicate anything in this world. Um, that's yeah. something, um, I think. If we do, if you follow the process that someone has to get a result, we'll get the same result. Um, totally, yeah, totally. Yeah. And if so then, follow, yeah. yeah, that's right. And so then the final stage, of course, is to find evidence. Uh, and I say, of course, it's not of course, but that is the stage, the final stage, which is to say, can you find evidence within your sphere or circle of people um, that are having that experience? And quite often at the beginning of the conversation, there's no way their beliefs are formed, their beliefs. And so they do a complete flip, right? And this is why this is going to be useful for listeners. Um, but at the beginning of the conversation, no way that doesn't exist in my industry. This is the way it is. Or, you know, um, but once you ask about evidence, quite often they'll say, actually, I know someone who's having Yeah. And then if they don't know someone who's having that experience, mm -hmm. I say, could you, and even if they do, it's good for them to do this bit. Um, could you spend 10 minutes online or looking through your phone book in your, in your phone for evidence for people that are actually having this experience that you've decided is important to you, but you didn't think it was possible. And that's why it's called possibilities and evidence because it starts with the possibility and then we develop evidence and all of a sudden people have formed new beliefs around it's, that. I find it such a, a, a simplistic but over, probably complicated to get to way, but it's a common sense approach to opening up 
a, a blockage. And you mm. mentioned it in this conversation, there's beliefs around things and how we, this, I've just framed it around working long hours. That's just one example, right? Because um, I know a lot of people do that uh, and they get mm. sort of stuck in that trap and I've been there, done that, evolved in and out of that and that's something I can sort of feel if anyone's listening can that experience. But then the questions are, four-hour work week, there's a book about it. <laughs> Someone's doing something differently and it is possible. And there is evidence of people that have, for example, e-commerce, Amazon businesses generating huge amount of success and living on a beach. Is that mm. what you want? Different story, but just there's different possibilities to wait. And that's a reimagining life and business, which is why I want to get you on about that. Um, I think... I love it. If anyone wants to start, I find that a nice little box that you put it, people in just to break out of it. Um, yeah, mm. boxing in the context of what you're challenged with, what you're believing about, what you're doing, uh, and then looking for evidence that someone else is probably doing something different. Yep, that's definitely in this space. Um, I know I run a tech business, I run a podcast, and I know if I want to increase the listeners on my podcast, I know there's podcasts out there with a million listeners. I don't know. Mm. Um, a week, a month, a day. So mm. is it possible that we could do that? Yeah, why not? But we would have to understand the context mm. of why we want to do that too and is it something we want. So uh, I get a bit out of that just to just question my thinking in terms of everything. Mm. So yeah, just that's an impact of me a little bit, that one. Oh, that's great. And I think, you know, I have heard you say about the questioning and thinking thing before too and I think it's a great little frame for anyone who's listening and just considering well, how do I get out more out of my life and my business? And, you know, start with questioning your thinking, <laughs> right? Just start to question it. It's like, you know, are these preformed beliefs that were given to me from a generation before me in a different reality? Yes. And are they useful for me today? Mm-hmm. And if not, what can I do about that? Um, how can I release those those beliefs? Or how can I strengthen the ones that I do have that have been serving me really well? Um and they can empower me forward as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, start questioning your thoughts. Start questioning mm-hmm. your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said, beliefs are useful until they're not. It's like <laughs> there's one day when they're not. It's yeah. like, oh, maybe that belief's not serving yeah. me anymore. I get that. So let's draw back to people that are in the space of technology. Beliefs in the industry I hear... Um, Technology is challenging. It's hard to find good teams. Um, and just it's also difficult if you're looking for investors. People believe that it's hard to get um, investment and capital. Um, and that's just a belief that's drummed into us. Um, maybe it's the way you're framing it. Have you really looked and invested into what you're looking for? Um, I've heard a belief where, oh, if I get an investor, they're going to control my business. But is that really true? Um, yeah, question. Yeah, they're in- there are investors out, out there that just want to put their money in 30 different um, businesses and projects and have four or five winners and they do well out of it. So then they wanted to have any say at all. Uh, but there are hands-on investors. There's very different polar opposites there. Um, so I think, yeah, we can put a box around anything, but generally mm. there, there are other ways and other means that, that um, exist in the marketplace and the context of tech. That's some of the things that draw people's awareness to if they're stuck in those sort of spots. Um, listen to the podcast. You'll hear it through founders' journeys, the beliefs they've had along the journey and what's held them back. Um, and there's a lot of context you can take from that. Absolutely. And, you know, there's many, many examples of people who didn't know these predetermined beliefs or thought patterns that you're talking about enter into an industry and crush it because they didn't know what all everybody else was saying right they didn't know that it was supposed to be hard um people winning competitions because they didn't know that painting was supposed to be difficult for example and Mm. it's like oh okay a great example yeah great example of that in business is um i uh, her name alludes me that the inventor of spanx um I can't recall her name, but it doesn't really matter. In terms of, she didn't know the industry. She didn't understand the supply chain. Um, she knocked on the doors of some of the, the biggest department stores to get her spanks in the department stores. 
people asked her how the hell she got into some of these apartment stores. Well, I just knocked and asked the question. She goes, you don't do that. You don't do that. They have to approach you. You have to wait six, seven years. You have yeah. to do your time. And she didn't understand that. And she just did it away. She thought she'd get the result. And she did it. She became a billion dollar success. Um, but I think, yeah, that's one example of not understanding yeah, the example. beliefs and the um, what the industry believes about how you push new product into yeah, different areas. I found that quite fascinating. Yeah. So, and that's great evidence. <laughs> if we go back it to is good evidence. Yeah. That process that we're talking about, that's great evidence yeah. that can Correct. help people who are listening mm-hmm. to change their beliefs around those industry-specific beliefs. Um, another nice little pivot that came to mind while you were talking about that is to question those beliefs is, um, this is the work by Byron Katie, and it, uh, it's very simplified, and it's just really to ask yourself, is it true? So, you know, what was one of the ones that you just said? It rolled off your tongue a little too easily, I might say, Andrew. Yeah, um, all right. yeah thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> um, what was one of those? Uh, in, investors are going to control my business um, was one of those. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, yes. so if, yeah. we, if we approach that, is it true? The answer that we, to, to change this belief, we can say it seems true, right? It seems true. It seems true. That's us saying it might, yeah, like there's a part of me that really believes that's true. Investors might control my business. Um it seems true. The second question is, is it really true? Yeah, well, it's not really true that investors, just if you get an investor, they're going to control your business. That's not really true. You could have any experience with an investor. And the third question is, who would I be without this thought or belief? Right. And it's like, oh, I'd be liberated. I'd be empowered. I'd be powerful. I'd, you know, I'd be limitless. So, yeah, so uh, that's a nice little um, process as well that helps people to pivot and to move out of an old paradigm of beliefs or thoughts. Yeah, um, our thoughts are... Mm, for me, it, like as we think about things and as they pop up and you, you, really, you, you start noticing things are getting away and could we do things this way? And I'll share a bit of an example in our business. Um, so for 10 years, we did everything um, in our own box. We basically did it all out of one office in Melbourne. Um, we had to be there every day. Uh, that was a must. We, we had to all have the control. Everyone had to see everything. And then um, <laughs> I started questioning. <laughs> and I was talking to one of our, um, our team members. Um, he was from Nepal. Um, he has been with us for six, seven years, and I, I started asking the question, how else can we do business? Um, because he came from there, he worked there for years, he came to Melbourne, he's one of our t- top performers, he's brilliant at what he does, awesome. and I started questioning, am I limiting myself in our business by just focusing in this little pool in Melbourne, in this little office, um, and pushed in and basically said to um, Anil, his name is in our team, uh, I said, let's try build a team offshore. Can you help me with that? He goes, I'd love to help you with that. Um, So asking a question um, and just changing context. Mm. Today, we started that 18 months ago. Today we have 27 people in our business. It's grown from eight in a space of 18 months. Um, We've freed up our team in Australia to focus on what's really important in delivering technology uh, to allow them to work with customers, really understand their needs, wants, desires, challenges, digging on the technology, ensuring they're getting the right outcomes and really focus their energy there. Um, Whereas I I thought everyone had to do everything in business because that's how we've always done everything. When Mm -hmm. I started with Anthony um, 13 years ago, we did everything. We, We paid the bills. We uh, we found the customers, we helped the customers design the product, we built the product, we tested the product, we did everything. So, I've, yeah, the shift in the context of changing that mentality wasn't easy because that's what we used to do. And then we we pushed that onto our team to do the same thing. You need to do everything. You need to be a, a designer, you need to be a, a tester, you need to be a developer. But just changing context and frame is so important. And today... Coming from three years ago with a group of eight of us sitting in one little office, we're now working remotely because it got thrown at us and it works. And I think 
No one believes. One of those shocks, actually. Yeah, it is one of those shocks. No one believed you could work remotely, and now everyone's doing it, so it's quite interesting. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, not, I would say no one, because that's not a true... That's not true, mate. Some people no. were working remotely. But we yeah. were actually doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we go. were on Zoom for five years. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So there are people that have been doing it. So um, yeah, I found that just a shift in belief, context, and a shock can just change the whole structure um, of the way you do business. So I think... Mm. We can be stuck in our own way of doing things, and that's just something I just wanted to share uh, for anyone that's sort of in a position where they're just thinking this is the way things need to be done. Um, if you don't reflect on last year, I'm sure things change for everybody. Um, yeah, sometimes it's not the way things need to be done. I think we're just continuously doing the same thing over and over again because that's what we're used to. Yeah, totally. And how do we break that paradigm? Mm. Of course, that's the next mm. question, right? And that is... Um, the short answer that is probably familiar to everybody is get comfortable being uncomfortable. And the reason it's uncomfortable is because you're actually breaking the habit. Yeah. Right? You're doing things differently. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be willing to do things differently mm-hmm. to break out of those paradigms. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we haven't really spoken to, you mentioned the word mm-hmm. addiction. <laughs> we are actually addicted to our thoughts. Anything that we yeah. do regularly, we're addicted to. So if we're used to thinking in a certain way, we're biochemically addicted to that. You've got to treat it like an addiction. So workaholism, I don't use that word often, but it is actually workaholism. <laughs> yeah. It is actually an addiction to work. Mm. Um, and so thinking a certain way and in limited ways, that's addictive too. And so when you treat it like an addiction, it changes the whole game because you're looking at it going, oh, so it's not only that I've just got used to thinking like that way, I'm actually addicted to it. And so if we bring it back to either in the program or creating the program, bring that back so we can plug all this together. You're in a program that you're addicted to and you need to be conscious enough and self-aware enough to break the program and have the courage to go into the discomfort of breaking the addiction. And that's why. Yes, this comfort you mentioned there because it is uncomfortable, right? Mm, yeah, it definitely is, right? We're creatures of habit. And the, the discomfort is we're, we're addicted to the habit. We're addicted to that way of being um, biochemically um, within our body. So mm-hmm. the reactions that happen yep. based on the certain things that we're doing create chemical reactions that we're addicted to. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. And that's why there's so much to talk about around it, right? Because if you don't know these things, like I spent a lot of my time knowing about thought processes and neural pathways and networks and pruning and you know and all that sort of stuff without knowing about the addiction side of it and once i learned about the addiction side of it that was a game changer because it was like oh this is the animal we're dealing with now i understand yeah what's opened you up to that side of things so what's something if people wanted to dig in and learn more about the addiction to habits and what it does chemically to our body uh, what's some of the things that people can explore and dig into there yeah i would highly recommend looking at dr joe dispenza's work um, he's a neuroscientist, started out as a chiropractor, healed himself after a, b- a bicycle accident in quite a miraculous way. And he became so interested in what he'd actually achieved that he started to study it more and more. And then he, there was demand for him to share. And then it was quite a momentum. He was actually on What the Bleep. Um, do we know that movie from a long time back? And, um, yeah, he's very well researched. He's actually got, I think, well, I don't know if it's a record, but he has studied the most amount of people uh, that with using electroencephalograms, EEG, okay. in their brains mm-hmm. while they're meditating, etc. He also uses um, the heart rate variation monitors as well in his studies and compiles the data. So he's a really smart man and he's done some great work and he's written some fantastic books. Um, and you've read... One of them, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, I believe, is one of his. Yeah, yes, what a great yes. book. It's a cracking book. What a great it's, book. That teaches about the chemical addiction, um, and I find that fascinating. So, yeah, have a read of that. Jump on an audible, listen to it, but yeah, whatever, if you want to read it. But it is um, quite deep, that book. Um, it will challenge your thinking. That's what I found with it, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want deeper, because <laughs> you go <laughs> back and deeper. look, evolve yeah. your brain, which is okay. his as well. Evolve I haven't read that one. No, I haven't. No, you don't. You brain. don't want to read it, Andrew. Don't, don't want to read it. Don't, right. you <laughs> it's don't, no way. No, it's, it's, 
It's really deep. It's a bit too complex. Mm-hmm. So I think he got the message from people like, hey, simplified a bit, and he went oh, to okay. breaking the habit of being yourself. Makes then sense. he turned it into a more practical sense and created You Are the Placebo, mm-hmm. which was, okay, well, okay, what is this? How's mm-hmm. this working? Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's got Becoming Supernatural as well, which okay. is a great book. I've read all of those books and mm-hmm. I still love everything mm-hmm. he does. He's, a, he's mm-hmm. an amazing man. Yeah, great place to start yeah. for anyone that uh, wants to understand a little bit about addiction um, to our yeah. habits and uh, our way of being. So today, totally. Lee, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, just to have you on and talk about maybe different ways of thinking, being, and it's a very different episode uh, for people to just sink their teeth into, but I find that um, being on a, a journey of being in business, um, things that sometimes work can come from a different place uh, and this is definitely one of those um, i started a personal development journey probably about four years ago and it's always been evolving in the different things that we do and we are evolving as or we, if we choose to dig in on that we will continue to evolve and find new things and um, for some reason i was attracted to leading his group and um yes i um, have got so much benefit from being a part of uh the group and it's just a different level of thinking and uh, and how we might do things differently so so yes, reimagining life and business was what we'll talk about today, but it's in reality, it's all about reflecting in on ourselves and how we might improve our level of thinking and being So, uh, and the impact it can have in our business. So thank you, Lee. Uh, really appreciate your time. And um, if anyone wants to find out more about you, where can they look you up? Uh, very simply, milliondollarbusinessclub.com. So milliondollarbusinessclub.com is where you can find me and... Uh, if you're motivated, I'd hit the apply button there and you can reach out to me and have a chat. Yeah, that sounds Love brilliant. Mate. Oh, thanks, Lee. We'll share everything in the show notes, but I really appreciate your time. Thanks, bye. Thank you.